Thank you for listening to the Push Through Podcast. I'm your host, Keisha Reeves. I'm a licensed professional counselor here in Atlanta, Georgia, where I own a group practice specializing in maternal mental health. Here on the podcast, we talk a little bit about everything from pop culture to motherhood, womanhood, parenthood, and everything in between. So sit back, relax, and listen to a quick chat with me. Thank you guys for tuning in for another episode of the Push Through Podcast, and I am so excited to welcome our next guest, Nicole Levy. She is a sleep consultant. Um, She first started out her career working in fashion in New York before moving back to Atlanta, and then after becoming a full-time mother, she became very interested in sleep and all things in helping little ones fall asleep, so she started Little Peach Sleep Coaching, and she also got her training from Family Sleep Institute. And so I welcome Nicole. Hey, Nicole. Yeah. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Thank you. Before we get into the nitty gritty of everything, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you? Where were you originally born? Yeah, so I'm actually was born in California. Um, my dad was in the Navy, so we moved around quite a bit until we finally settled in Atlanta. And I went to basically the end of elementary school through high school. Call I went to UGA, so kind of Georgia is my home, but um, moved around a lot until then. Um, and then I was into the fa- so I did fashion merchandising at UGA, and when I um, I did an internship there for a summer and got a job, a full-time offer out of that. So I actually graduated a little early and moved up to New York just like by myself um, and lived with a roommate that I had met during the internship. And so um, it was awesome. I did like five years in New York. I met my husband up there and then brought him back to Atlanta to start family and everything. Um, So yeah, it was, you know, you never know what's going to happen. It's kind of (laughs) crazy. What was New York like, especially in comparison to being raised in Georgia? Yeah, it, it was great. I mean, it was funny because everywhere, I, would, I don't think I have a Southern accent, but like the people at Starbucks would always say, oh, where are you from? You know, and so um, it, it was funny. It, it it was It's funny to be up there and be like not a New Yorker because everything is so fast paced and you're just like going, going all the time. Um, and that's kind of how I was already. Like I was very, like I'm very type A, like have a routine and all of that stuff. But I loved in New York. I think, you know, it was wonderful to be up there when you're young and doing all that. Um and don't have a family, but I think once you're, you know, it's just so small and, you know, the subway, it just would be really hard with kids, I think, so. I I have a friend who, um, my high school friend, she lived in New York, she used to work for Food Network, and I would go visit her, like, once a year, and I remember the one year, the last time I went to New York, I went in August, why, I don't know, but I went, (laughs) very hot, (laughs) like, garbage smell, yeah, you have this misconception (laughs) of that, Oh, I'm sure it doesn't get that hot. I mean, it's New York and it was sweltering. And oh, I yeah. have like, this appreciation for central air <laughs> and not having to get in a subway in August or oh, man. shower and you walk outside and it's like you're in a sauna. I know. Again. <laughs> I know. I know. I remember our first, like, I lived in a fifth floor walk up for my first apartment. And um, so no elevator. I had walked five flights a day every time I left the house. And, um, it was the first warm day of summer and I had no air conditioning in my apartment yet. And I had to literally go to Home Depot, which thankfully was only a couple blocks away and buy an AC, come home and install it myself in the window 
praying that it wasn't going to fall out the five flights of steps because I was like, what do I do? I mean, it's a thousand degrees and I have no air conditioning. Right. So it's crazy. It's it's a different type of living, but it was, it was awesome. Yeah. So <laughs> shout out to the mothers up there who mm-hmm. transit with strollers and go grocery shopping with kids because that's life. But um, so tell me about motherhood. How, how was it starting a family and, and about your kids? Yeah. So I have a three-year-old um, and I have a, an eight-week-old now. So she's, yeah, just two months. Yeah. Um, so it's been a big adjustment to two for sure. <laughs> I will say that I think, I think the adjustment to two, I feel like everyone said the adjustment to one is harder, but to me, the, the adjustment to two was harder, at least for the first couple months. Um, I think, you know, kind of being like, you, you know, if you have a partner, like you kind of have to be like, each one has to have one, especially with the newborn when, you know, they need to eat all the time and they're sleeping on you all the time, you know, it's just, it's tough. And so, you you know, your toddler is like lacking attention a little and you feel guilty and, you know, it's like you miss a time with your original one because, you know, I, I started to stay home with her. And so I had like two and a half year, or I guess two years of me just home with her strictly. And, um, then all of a sudden, you know, that attention just changes completely. And, you know, so it, it was different. I think, um, so I, I left the corporate world, um, kind of right at the end of the pandemic. Um, cause it was kind of crazy. Our nanny, like all of a sudden just, um, found a new job and my company was also like going back to work at the same time. So it was just kind of like the perfect uh, train of events that, you know, all kind of fell together. And we were like, okay, what do we do? Like, one, we need to find childcare. It, it was impossible to find any daycare, any nanny in the middle. You know, the pandemic just made everything so much tougher to find. Yeah. No openings anywhere. Um, and so we, you know, at that point, it's like, do I stay home? Do I ask for a ton of flexibility for my company? Do we make this full-time, part-time? You know, it was just like, what do I do? And so um, I kind of always, after having my first, I had like, just this feeling that I wanted to be home with her more. Like I, I still wanted to work, but I wanted to be home with her more. I didn't want to do like, you know, a job all day, come home, rush, have a couple hours with her. Like I was just had this feeling and I never thought that I would be that way. Cause my mom worked, my dad worked, you know, I was used to, used to that kind of, you know, kind of lifestyle growing up. Um, but for some reason I felt differently as soon as I had her. And even when I was pregnant. And so when this opportunity kind of like fell in my lap where it was like, you know, maybe I do just stay home for a year or two and see what happens. Um, Maybe I should just take it. And that's like what my heart was truly telling me. And, you know, is it going to be a huge adjustment, obviously going from, you know, two salaries to one salary um, and all that stuff just for your family adjustment. But we went for it. Um, And it was funny because I was actually in the middle of getting my sleep certification to do sleep consulting because I was just interested in it. Um, I always like to have kind of like a side thing going on that like outside of my corporate job, because I, you get bored with your corporate job and you need something like fun to do. And I was really into the sleep thing. Um, in New York, I was really into working out. So I was a bar teacher. So I always have, I always like to have like that kind of thing that I like enjoy doing, right? That's work, but I enjoy doing. Um, so I was already getting my certification to be a sleep consultant. And then I was like, well, maybe, you know, I was planning on just doing it kind of part time while I worked. Um, And so when this happened, I was like, well, maybe I just start to do it, you know, more full time, you know, not full time because I'm going to be raising my daughter, but um, more than I was planning on doing it. And so that's what we did. (laughs) Well, I have to say, Nicole, I have an eight week old 
you look good. Like, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Gosh, you look all put together. You look well rested. <laughs> oh man, she's yeah. Well, so the sleep, she's totally opposite, and I can talk a little bit more about that. But like, it's funny how different each kid is with sleep. And like, my first daughter Harper, it's it's actually funny because the way I got into sleep consulting is kind of like different than other people. I think most people get into sleep consulting because they're so sleep deprived with their first kid and they like find a sleep consultant or, you know, just get so into it because of that. And it like saves their sanity and makes, you know, makes them feel so much better. Um, but I actually like my first daughter was kind of just by the book. Like she, I put her down, she would nap for two hours. I'd feed her. She, you know, it was like, uh, you know, but I got super into the why. So I like had the schedule, but like, I was like, why do things change? Why? And then when things didn't go to the book, I was like, well, what do I do now? And I didn't know. And then I started Googling. And so I actually got into it because I was just super interested in like baby sleep and like why it's so different and why there's all this craziness. Like, why do they need to go to bed so early? Like, what are all these changes in their body going on? Um, And so I started doing all this research and then just like kind of fell upon sleep consultants on my own and never kind of dawned on me that I could become one, you know, and then... um, just kind of like I started researching more and it just like then I saw like oh become a sleep consultant yourself all this stuff and fam found family sleep institute and then kind of was like is this something I can do can I like have my own business like this is crazy like what you know it was just kind of like a whoa this is you know a whole different lifestyle um but that was interesting with my first so she was totally different the second one who's eight weeks old now she could not put her down the first four weeks of her life, you know, like not even to change her diaper. She was, you know, very much just one of those babies that needed to be like held all the time. Um, you know, didn't sleep well. Like I'd put her down after being sound asleep and she'd wake back up, you know, it was just kind of like that. Um, and so she's definitely been more of like a test kind of to like, okay, let's actually figure this out. And it's, it's been really interesting because my, like, even though my first was a better sleeper, I would say like my anxiety with sleep was higher because I didn't know what was going on or what to do. But with this one, even though sleep is like all over the place, I know exactly what should be happening, what's coming, how to handle the situation. And so it like, I feel just so much better. I have like no anxiety about it. Like when I put her down for bed, I don't freak out. I'm like, is she going to be up or is she, sleep? you know, I just feel more content about it. And I think I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, but that's what I want to bring to families is that feeling of like, this is, you know, this is what's normal. This is your baby. Let's adapt to how they're doing and, you know, make this doable for your family. Cause it's going to be different for everybody and every baby. And like my two kids are like just the perfect example of how it's completely opposite for both. Um, but she's doing really well now she's two months old. And so biologically all the things are coming together, which I know, and she's doing a lot better. And so I, yes, I feel much more rested and, <laughs> um, yeah, it's coming together. So that's always awesome. But you you bring up such a good point. Like talking about how like you were anxious about sleep with your first. So with my Mm -hmm. first, Ezra, I was severely sleep deprived. He was colic. He never slept. Like I was a zombie. Yeah. Like to the point where it was like dangerous. Like I, I, I didn't have like much support, but yeah. I feel like that's often a lot of first time moms stories. Like even if they have a baby who could be a sleeper, they are anxious about like, are they alive? You know, oh, yes. Is them breathing like that? Is that okay? Should I watch them while they sleep instead of me sleeping myself? But 100%. I feel like I didn't learn about a sleep consultant until I was almost like on the other side. Like it wasn't so yeah. 
advertised to me at the OB office or just in like general, even like just as a woman who one day would decide to have a child, that wasn't a resource that was implanted in my, not like, like a lactation consultant. Yeah. Comes into your hospital room, which I think they should probably have like, you know, the same thing with sleep consultants as well. Yeah. Because that's so pivotal. So I think that that's wonderful, but what were some of the things that you felt like you learned that helped you like with the second time around that helped yeah. you that all of these other things are normal and you can sleep yourself? Yeah, I, you know, I think going through it once, you know, that, you know, you know how to set everything up safely, you know, kind of what decisions to make in that sense. So my anxiety around that, like with my first, she wore an outlet every lane like the breathing monitor. Um, and with my second, I haven't done that. So maybe it's just a feeling of like, okay, I know like everything's going to be okay. And I mean, that's not always the case with every baby, but in the, you know, I mean, SIDS is way down, you know, as long as you're doing the things you need to do and your baby's healthy, like you should be, you know, pretty good. You don't need to worry, you know, you don't need to drive yourself crazy about those things. Like, you know, I think, all that stuff, just maybe having a second, you kind of, your mind is a little bit more at ease um, in general with like that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And then I, you know, I think just not stressing about like, when you do look up sleep or you're on Instagram, you might be like, oh my God, I need to be putting my baby down awake so they can learn how to sleep on their own, at, you know, day one, all this stuff. Like you get all the, these things in your head that you should be doing because you think that you have to. And if you knew like the developmental cycles of babies and their sleep, like you would know that the first month you just need to prioritize you getting a little bit of sleep and your baby, get, you know, basically sleeping all the time. You need to be, make sure you're figuring out how you want to feed your baby. If what you're doing is not working, try something else. It's okay. You don't need to have any guilt around it. I think all of those things are like the more important things for the first four weeks. And then come closer to two months, like that's when you can start doing a little bit of sleep. Like once you get out of that, kind of newborn just for, you know, the first month where everything is just so unpredictable. Um, then if you want to start prioritizing, you know, sleep and putting them down awake and things like that, then they're actually able to start doing a little bit more of that. So I think it's more just knowing, you know, having like the education that of what happens each week, right? Like instead of thinking you need to be doing something that you don't need to be stressing about at a certain time. And I think that's kind of the lactation consultant to your point, like, you you, ha you meet with them day one and you have a pamphlet and you know, okay, it says day one, this is what to expect. Day two, this is what to expect. Day three, you know, it's so helpful. And you're like, oh, okay, that's not happening. Maybe I should ask the doctor. So like if someone had that with sleep, you could be like, oh, okay, at week four, you know, they're still doing this. That's normal. Or at week six, oh man, they're, something's going on. Like they're, they're still just have their day nights confused. Maybe something's wrong, you know, and then that's when you could start trying some things. I think just having it laid out would yeah. help people so much. And it's not even sleep training. Like people think a sleep consultant is automatically just like sleep training. And that's hundred percent, not what it is. Like, mm -hmm. it's really just knowing, like educating yourself so that you can, you know, help your baby, like, and help yourself get some rest based on, you know, how they're developing and all that stuff. So yeah, I think education is just a huge thing, especially with your second and then me, like, you know, actually knowing what's going on. So, um, I think that's helped tremendously for me, for sure. Now, to to that point, because I've heard like a couple of different things. Is it is it sleep training? Is it sleep routine? Is it what is the appropriate term? Because I've heard like yeah. <laughs> where some people will say, "Well, you can't train to sleep," right? And I've also heard like, "Oh, it's just you know a routine, so it's your sleep." Yeah. 
regimen. And then I've also heard like, oh, it's the hygiene of like the health of you with sleep, but which is, which yeah. Is <laughs> yeah. I think it's all of them. And I think it's totally what you want to make of it. Like until they're four months. So like the crazy thing about sleep is from six weeks to four months, they like they're everything about sleep is developing. And it, it does, it's not just like a switch where people think the four month regression like, oh, the day my baby turns four months, they're not going to sleep anymore because everything changes. And that's totally not the case. Like starting at six weeks, the baby starts making their own melatonin where before they just were having it from the mom and from, you know, what was in their body. Uh, um, and so I had no yeah, idea. So all, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> right. And from your breast milk, if you're nursing, but also just from your like when, you know, in the body. Um, so it's yeah. It, until four weeks, that's why the day night confusion things happen because their body actually doesn't know like there's no melatonin to say hey it's nighttime you need to go to sleep like where our bodies you know in the evening tells us it needs to go to sleep so that's why they you know kind of sleep at all hours of the day and sometimes they're up for hours at night um but around six weeks all those things start to start to click together and so you know from six to 12 weeks a lot of that like background stuff is happening like the hormones and you know the day night confusion is going away and then their sleep cycles start to develop. So as a newborn, they go straight into active sleep, which is a super light sleep for them. And they spend almost like half their time in that. So like, that's why when you put your baby down, like they seem d- deep asleep in your arms and you put them down and they wake right back up because they're actually in like a really light sleep. Um, so any little change just, you know, they, they wake up. Um, and so closer to eight, 12, even sometimes four months, like all babies are different, right? You'll start to notice that like, they will go into a deep sleep right away. And that's when you know that their sleep cycles are developing, aka the four month regression, right? Their sleep is totally changing where they go through four stages of sleep and then wake up and then, you know, need to go through the cycle again. And that's when, you know, we get the the wakings all night and stuff like that. But it's actually happening very slowly over the course of like a couple months. Um, So I think, you know, it's like work, you know, look, that's part of it, like, is just understanding that part, because that's not sleep training. That's like the sleep hygiene and the routines, like, how long does my newborn need to be awake so that they aren't overtired so that they can sleep well, because, you know, an overtired newborn is going to be, you know, is going to scream when you put them down regardless, because they're just overtired, and they can't regulate themselves, their nervous systems all, you know, messed up and stuff. So, you know, that those things are like the sleep hygiene and the routines, but it's not training whatsoever. It's just like, kind of having like a little like, okay, this is what I do. You know, our baby, the baby stays awake for an hour and then I go put them down and they sleep for however long it could be 30 minutes. It could be two hours. Like it's going to be different. They're not going to be on like a schedule. Um, and then closer to four months is when you can like, if, you know, if your baby is still really, you know, dependent on, you know, nursing to sleep or you're always holding them to sleep and you want to change those things. That's when we can like teach them a different way to like fall asleep. So, you know, it's, it's totally based on how you want to perceive it. And like, I think that's where, you know, people think you just sign up for sleep training and you're leaving your baby to to cry and, you know, figure out how to sleep on their own where it's like all these other elements that we're looking at together. And we may not even do that. Like some people may decide they don't want to put their baby down awake. They just want to get the sleep routine going so that their baby's getting sleep at the right times. And then that might even just result in your baby sleeping better in general. Right. Um, you know, some people don't want to stop co-sleeping, but they want their baby to like be on a routine. And so the, it, it just depends on like your goals. And I think that's what a sleep consultant can help you with. Like is, you know, what's your goal? And like, then let's figure out how we get there. Um, that's so it can be anything for sure. It, that it can be tailored to 
the type of lifestyle that you would want for your you and your baby right. and for your baby. For sure. And it's also good to know because I do think a misconception is is that it oh you get a sleep consultant then you're gonna have to do like the cry it out method. Right. And some people like with some clients that I work with they'll feel scared to do something. Yeah. How how do you work with parents when they maybe struggling with the process or even like I'll have some parents sometimes that this may or may not apply, but like they'll have a baby and they'll feel very trapped. And yeah. maybe a baby that will only have comfort if they're like laying on them or in them right. to like move about freely to do things within the house. And a part of them likes the bonding of it, but um, and they'll also have family members that will say, oh, you need to put that baby down. Yeah. It's going to be spoiled if you keep holding them all the time. How do you work with mom when mom could be the hindrance or the roadblock as to what? To yeah. Do? Yeah. I think it's really about having that conversation on like what they're comfortable and what they're not comfortable with. And like, you know, maybe for their routine, they want one nap where the baby is in their crib for, you know at least an hour and you get that time to kind of do what you need to do. And then you are going to hold your baby for the other naps. And then as that evolves, as your baby gets older, maybe you do start doing more naps in the crib. I think that's, you know, if I have a family who's really kind of hesitant on the whole like sleep training, that whole process, like the actual, you know, having the emotions and the crying, like, you know, I always tell them it's like totally unavoidable. Like if we're changing things up for your baby, like there's probably going to be emotions about it. Like that's how they're going to communicate. But let's manage it the best we can with all the other stuff we can control and then, you know, figure out what you're comfortable with. So um, I think some people will start really slow and we'll just start with the routine, right? Like, let's get your baby sleeping at the right time so that at least they're getting well rested. Um, you can, you know, let's still hold them for all their naps, but adjust bedtime. And, you know, maybe they were just overtired, those mm -hmm. kind of things, like little, little changes. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, some people will like, let's just work on the nights. Like, let's get them to fall asleep on their own at bedtime. and then we'll work on naps after that's easy. Like, you know, once you kind of have that confidence that, oh, my baby actually can do this, then you'll be like, oh, let's try them for a nap and they'll fall asleep on their own. And you're like, oh, that was easy, you know? So yeah. it really, like, I think it's more daunting to like think about like all of it rather than just kind of take it slowly. And after the first couple of days, like your baby really does catch on quickly to all the things, especially when they're getting the rest they need at, you know, the right times of the day. So it really isn't like, I think people like are always kind of relieved when they start it. Like, oh, that wasn't as bad as I like thought it was going to be. Because I get the question all the time, like, how long is the crying going to be? And I'm like, I can't tell you, but I can tell you, like, we're going to manage it the best we can together. And like, we're going to do what you're comfortable with. So like, we're not going to put you in a situation where you're totally uncomfortable. Um, and, you know, if, if yeah, so I think it's, it's really just kind of managing like those expectations and finding what works for them because everyone's so different. Now, what? What is the highest age of a baby that you work with, the oldest? Yeah, so I actually work up until like six years plus. Um, so I do work with toddlers. And that's, you know, that's actually totally different. And it's, I think a lot of people almost like struggle with their toddlers more than their babies, <laughs> like sometimes. Um, and so it's interesting. I actually like went back um, and got a certification in child behavior. Um, on top of my sleep consultant, because I was working with a lot of toddlers and I, it's all behavioral at that point, right? You're not like the sleep is there. We know they can sleep. 
um, you know, their sleep's not developing like a six month old may still be. So it's really about like, how do we bring the child along with us and make them feel comfortable with the sleep again? Because, you know, they, they might be having some separation anxiety or, you know, they're used to the parents laying in bed with them at bedtime. And then when they wake up in the middle of the night, they're scared or something. And so it's, it's trying to like bring the child along and like, really it's, it's so much prep work for the toddlers to like really talk to them and get them excited about it and give them tools. Like, okay, if you do wake up in the middle of the night, what do you do kind of thing? Um, And then we like support them getting there. So that's been really helpful. And, you know, that can be up until probably older than six years old. You know, it's really just about like, based on what's developing, you know, for that age, like how to like, you know, tailor the behavior kind of modification stuff about it. But there are a lot of, I think people struggle with their toddlers. I'm like on one mom group and I, I, people post on their toddlers all the time. I mean, because, you know, it's like, they're just, you know, they, you start doing one thing and then they, you know, they attach to it so quickly because mm-hmm. they're, they're smart and, you know, they know they like it. And so then we might do it for a while and then we realize it's not working for us anymore. And, you know, we want to change it, but we're just like, don't know how, because toddlers can be very, you know, very persistent and, you know, can, can really like make it tough for us to change things. Um, so yeah. toddlers are definitely, yeah. Because I also, I I had always wondered, let's say like a parent never, which I know of a a few, um, never really like established a consistent sleep routine. Yeah. And then like the child has gotten older um, and that was never like established. And now it's becoming inconvenient because they're much older and they're still kind of like attaching to that that right. of consistency, but it's good to know that it's not a lost cause, that there's still like opportunity. Yeah, no, not at all. I think you can definitely work on it at any age. And it's almost easier for the toddlers because, you know, it's really just about like, what's your parenting style? Let's like use that and then, you know, really bring your child along in this process because we just want them to feel confident and comfortable again. And, you know, that's what they're lacking. Like they became comfortable with one thing and we've just got to, have them be comfortable with sleeping on their own again, um, if that's their goal. And so, yeah, it's, there's never too late. I think I actually work with more like 13 month up and older now than like I did at the beginning. I feel like when I first started a couple of years ago, it was definitely more like four five, six month olds. And now I feel like it's more older mm-hmm. babies. And, you know, I think just kind of like we were talking about before, like people don't know what sleep training is or like how it can help you. And so you know, these days, kind of the information, especially on the internet is just wild out there. And so people almost feel like guilty about, you know, feeding, sleeping, all of these different things. And so they just kind of like, hold off on things until it becomes like, totally, you know, they just can't handle it anymore. And then they need help. And so it's just I think people are leaning a little older these days to like changing things like that. Um, so I definitely work with like a bunch a lot like, older babies now. Nice. And they, they're all totally fine. I mean, you can change things whenever you feel like you need to. So don't stress about that for sure. What are your thoughts on those additional things that sometimes people can buy to help their baby get to sleep, such as like white noise machines or mm-hmm. even like the snoo um, whenever having a baby? Yeah. Just anything in, a, in addition. Do you feel like those are helpful or not in your profession? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I think I think for sure I think a lot of them can be helpful. Um it was funny cuz with this my second baby like my husband and I were he kept being like let's just get the snoo, let's just get the snoo cuz she like would not sleep. 
And I was like, we're not getting this new. Like I'm a season cold and I can do this. And um, so we held off and she's fine now. Like we made it through the first month, right? Um, so I think the snoo is the snoo is helpful because like right, your baby responds to being rocked and jiggled and those kind of things when they wake up. And so, you know, if they're in their bassinet by themselves and they wake up, we pick them up, we rock them a little bit, we hold them, we put them back down. The snoo kind of does that for you. Um, so it can be helpful in kind of, you know, having us be a little bit like, have, you know, not getting up every hour if that's what's happening. So I do think the snoo can be helpful. I think the snoo can get people like in trouble a little if we use it for four or six months and then your baby's still needing to be rocked back to sleep at every waking because, you know, then we're just, they don't fit in the snoo anymore. And then we've got to like break them of being used to that or we're, we're going to need to pick them up and rock them at every waking, which we hadn't been doing because the snoo had done it. So, you know, that can be something I do think it can be if you want to rent it for the first couple months of your baby's life. I think it could be super helpful to get a little bit more sleep. Um, if you have the money, it's super expensive. So that's kind of why I was like, I'm not going to, I'm, we're going to make it through and then, you know, we'll see. Um, so, um, I think white noise is hundred percent from day one. Like everyone should probably be using that, you know, like, especially for newborns, um, you know, the sound of our womb is like super loud swishing, like the same sound as a sound machine. And so it just helps them adapt. And, you know, also like newborns are sleeping in our room. And so, you know, when we come into bed, we don't want to wake them up, all those things. It just kind of helps give them their own little like bubble. Um, and then I still use it for my toddler too, because, you know, kids go to bed earlier than we do. They go to bed, you know, six, seven, eight o'clock and things are still going on in the house. Like things are still going on outside. Like, you know, packages are being delivered these days at four o'clock on Amazon, you know? So it's like, you kind of need something to like give them their own little space where they're not hearing all that stuff and waking them up as they transition sleep cycles. So I don't think white noise is a bad thing to use at all. And I think if you're not using it, it could be helpful. And you just want to make sure it's under 60 decibels. So um, you don't want it too loud. Yeah. Because you don't want to create like any hearing damage. But um, it's totally safe to use. And, you know, if you want to kind of wean off of it, just start like turning it down and turning it down and then you know, don't use it. But I think until your baby or your child is sleeping like, you know, in almost school and sleeping like the same hours as you almost, it's like helpful to keep. Um, I mean, some adults, you know, a lot of adults use it. So. Gotcha. Okay. And then, you know, sleep sacks are helpful because, you know, babies, babies under one can't have a blanket and, you know, even above one, like aren't going to keep a blanket on. So I think sleep sacks are super helpful just to keep them comfortable. Um, so those are the ones I usually recommend. And then usually I recommend the room to be pretty dark or like almost blackout for sensitive babies to, to nap in so that they can connect those sleep cycles. Um, so those are the three things that I always cover with a family. Okay. Before we transition to talk more about little peach sleep last question yeah. what is going on during those regressions like <laughs> your four month regression like I know that they're like yeah and they're maybe like taking a leap but how does that impact their sleep where they're just like awake like for yeah. hours and you're just like why and then you don't even yeah this is gonna end yeah for sure and I think that is one of the things where like we as parents need to have some confidence and maybe like if you are kind of doing all the things to get your baby to sleep when you go through one of these regressions you don't know what to do because maybe what you were doing isn't working because things are changing in their brain but if you kind of have that solid sleep foundation whatever that means to your family and you know your baby's well rested 
the regressions are a little easier because you know how to handle things and your baby might not even have as much of like a regression as if they, you know, were tired and things like that. But what's crazy is like the four month regression is a total like progression of how they're asleep. So it goes from that newborn, like we were talking about, and all the things are, you know, set up now, you know, they have the sleep cycles, like, like adults, they're shorter than adults, but they're structured like adults. Um, they have all the sleep hormones, they have a sleep wake cycle, they have a circadian rhythm. So we know all these things are like set for your baby. And um, it's just they kind of have to adjust in their body to like, having that sleep cycle, wake them up every 40 minutes. And so if they are needing some help going to sleep at bedtime, they might need that help when they do wake up at night. And that's what's happening. Um, why they're often up a lot at night. And, you know, they'll wake up in kind of the second part of the night, because that's when more of that active sleep happens. So they're just in a lighter sleep. Um, so that's, that's one of the, the regressions. And that's really the only sleep one, the rest of them are totally all like developmental. And if, if you follow like the leaps or the wonder weeks, you know, that kind of ties into the developmental stuff. Um, and there's some big ones, you know, around like six months, there will be one. And then around like eight to 10 months, like there's one. And then, you know, around like 18 months and two years, those are kind of like the big ones with sleep, just because the brain is actually like developing and changing. And so, you know, or they're working on miles, like the six month one is more like milestone things like the crawling or sitting or things like that, eight to 10 months can be some separation anxiety and standing and, you know, that kind of thing. And then the other ones are more like toddler things. So like their brain, you know, they're actually changing, you know, they're going from one kind of development period to the next one. And so that's all changing. Um, so it's really about like, kind of adapting to what you know is happening. So if they're practicing a new skill, like let's practice that a ton during the day, or, you know, if they keep standing in their crib, like, let's teach them how to get back down not and not be stuck up there. Because a lot of times they'll just, you know, stand up there for hours so we can go in and, you know, sit them back down and leave the room. And, you know, once we support them, but like, you want to teach them through it, right? You don't want to like, just become like a, you know, you don't want to just like always pick them up and never have them overcome what they're trying to accomplish. So if we can be, you know, helpful to them and teach them kind of how to get through it and be okay with it. Um, Think that's the best way to get through those regressions and sometimes a routine needs to be changed like maybe they need to be awake a little bit more because they're a little older and things like that um but in general it's typically just they're learning something new and we need to just like support them through that for a few days and you're going to get right back on track if you do that um gotcha. so i know it can be frequent but you just have to remember like your baby is changing right. every day and so you know you're gonna have these things things are not going to be perfect um, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now for little peach sleep, for someone who went to start services with you, what can they expect? Is it like the show nanny 911 and you come in? <laughs> like, yeah. hey, is it like you have a consultation over the phone? Is it virtual or what, what can folks expect? Yeah. I, I don't go into at homes. I think that actually not true. Sometimes I do do in-home consultations for like newborns just to help people kind of learn those like soothing methods, like how to get them in their crib without, you know, like how do I support them going to their crib and like, you know, just kind of teach them the basics of that kind of stuff. So I have gone into homes to do that part. But um, for like, if we're, you know, four months and older, I think the parents need to be the ones doing it. And then I'm going to coach you from like the sidelines. So like I'm coaching you and you're coaching your child through all these changes. And so um, usually we start with like an intro call and just talk and make sure we're a good fit and, you know, kind of all that stuff. Like, what are you looking to accomplish? What are you comfortable with? Um, and just make sure like what, that I can offer help, you know? Um, 
And so we make sure it's a good fit. And then if we decide that, then we would, you know, get on a call and go over like our plan um, for implementing everything. And then typically we work together for like two to three weeks and um, kind of work on all our, all of our goals. And by the end of that, like everything is pretty smooth sailing. Um, so that's kind of how it works. So it's pretty much all virtual. I use like an app actually to talk oh, to family. So we, we chat like all day, um, you know, through naps, you have questions, that kind of thing. Nice. Um, and then, yeah, we're just working on, you know, adjusting things as needed. Obviously we start with like, okay, this is what we think will work, but I, it, we probably need to adjust things as we go along. And so that's kind of what we, we talk through. Um, that's great. And there are the time, yeah. different types of packages so they can figure out which one is like the best fit for them in their situation. Right. Yeah. The typical one is like the, it's like two and a half weeks. And so, um, that's usually like a solid amount of time to really like get everything going and you feel confident and you know, your goals and all that stuff. Um, I have like a longer one for if like people wanted to get started closer to like 12 weeks, we work like really gradually for a few weeks on just like, you know, let's just get everything, you know, for the environment set up, let's start helping them get in the crib with our help and all that thing. And then see where we are. And then we can start doing like more, you know, more independent sleep. Um, so we work together for like six weeks in that case. Um, so those are really the two. And then I offer one-on-one calls because some people just want to like talk through like little issues that they're having. That's things great. like that. Do people yeah. ever like while they're pregnant, do they ever book a consultation with you just for just educational purposes? Yeah. I wish more people did do that. Cause like we were talking, I think it'd be super helpful to like, no, I don't, I think I get, I get a lot of people at like four, six, eight weeks who then are like, okay, what do I do? You know, that kind of thing. Um, I do think people like almost like some of the bigger programs have kind of like the market on like, here's the newborn guide by it. it's going to tell you what to do. And I, I think people don't really think they need the one-on-one help, but I, I do think it could be helpful for people to have like a lactation consultant, but you know, someone just kind of guiding you and telling you this is normal. This is, you know, you can try this like, you know, Oh, your baby's not responding to that. Let's try this, you know, cause like we said, they're all different. So yeah. I think it could be super helpful. Okay. And I probably don't do a good job like marketing that either. <laughs> you know, I feel like, but we're all the best that we can. <laughs> yeah. That's juggling motherhood and a business simultaneously. Yeah. Uh-huh. For sure. Um, last question. What would be your, your biggest advice um, that you would have to new parents that are struggling? Like how, how can they kind of give themselves a little bit of grace? Yeah, I think, I think it's just knowing that this isn't going to last forever. Like, if it's not working, there is help out there. And this is with anything in parenting, not just sleep. Like, you know, I struggled with feeding with my first and once we got help and got everything we needed, you know, you just need to get things, you need to reach out and you need to get the help that you need. Like, don't feel like you need to be miserable and suffering through this part of life that's supposed to be enjoyable. And yeah, there will be miserable days and there will be days where you cry and that's normal. It's going to happen. But if that's happening all the time, like we, you've got to get some help and you know, it shouldn't be like that. You should be able to enjoy some of it. So get someone to talk to and take some of that stress away. And that's what I'm here. I'm here to take that stress from you and have a plan and walk you through it. Right. And that's what lactation consultants are there. And that's what your doctors are there for. And um, so I, that's my biggest advice is just like, don't, don't sit there and be like miserable about something in this time because you want to enjoy it. So, you know, really try to get the help that you need and don't be afraid or feel guilty reaching out. Um, 
because you shouldn't like I did it with my first for weeks and it, I wish I could take that time back and just you know not have been like that so yeah. that's my biggest advice for sure and for folks who want to follow your work or book with you where can they go to find you um, I have an Instagram, Little Peach Sleep, so that's always a good place, and I post a ton of free stuff there, so sometimes that'll just answer your questions, um, and if not, my website is littlepeachsleep.com, too, and the intro call will be on there and everything. We can have a one-on-one chat. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Nicole, for being on yeah. so informative. Yeah, thanks for having me. You are so um, knowledgeable and and it was very insightful. Thank you so much. And thank you for the work that you do because sleep, the lack of sleep for parents definitely impacts their mental health and how they oh, for sure as a parent. So yes, we've all felt it. <laughs> yeah, you're a resource for that. So thank you. Yeah, thanks for all that you do too. There's got to be, you know, I think that's one of the really great things about almost these days, like, and I feel like even with my first, it wasn't available. Like things weren't as like put out there, right? Like I think um, it was harder to find like the help. And now I feel like there's definitely more help available, which is nice. And, you know, I think that's a plus at least, you know, maybe it's kind of harmful that there's a ton of information out there and you don't know what to follow, but it's also helpful that there is, you know, a lot of information and actual people that can help you. So for sure. Yes, thank you.